0: So Yezare. And welcome to another episode of Africa's Untold Stories. Episode I don't know I keep trying to remember. But I Episode no something <laughs> Wow <Why? laughs> <laughs> 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 Episode something of um season three of Africa's Untold Stories. Mm-hmm. Um we mm-hmm. have we have unfortunately missed a um couple of weeks. For the episode, mm. and that yes. is due to a certain someone en- taking
1: a sudden entirely vacation. My fault. Jeez, I oh good, a, excellent. Entirely my so,
0: fault. I would admit that. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. So, um, mm. yeah. So now we are we are making up for that with this first episode. Mm. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> this story better be worth the the. Ex the excess weight of Fury.
1: <laughs> we'll find out.
0: <laughs> We're leaving it we'll for him out, to I take guess. over. So, oh, uh, serum, so, you're up.
1: Yeah. Okay. So um, this time we are bringing the story with a female mythological hero in the foreground. We usually don't have many of those, so I at least I hope this makes up for the weight. And, (laughs) and so this episode is going to be about uh, a character named Lunja from Amazigh folklore. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, she's also known as Nuja in some other accounts. But yeah, we're talking about Lunja today. (coughs) Okay. So just a brief background on
0: the Imazighen, that's the plural of Amazigh, um... Uh, Indigenous people group of North Africa, um, primarily in Morocco, Libya, um, Algeria, and Tunisia, with some populations also in Niger and Mali as well.
1: Mm.
0: Yes. So those are the Imazikian for those of you who are not sure. We've done an entire episode on them, so uh, you can
1: check it out for more information.
0: Yeah.
1: I was about to say, we've, we've mentioned them a lot. Here, yeah, so, so. But that's good. Yeah. You're up. It's a good recap for the, the people who are new. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. So, HEP, this particular tale. <coughs> apparently it comes from, like, mostly, it's mostly around the Morocco side of people. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, yeah, the list of countries. Yeah, this one, this one uh, looks like it's from Morocco. So let me just jump straight into it, and then we 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 talk about everything else later. So Lunja is is described in some accounts as a like a trickster hero, and we'll find out why. I mean, I, mean, I guess he does do a few tricks but i think she's more or less like a very intriguing and complex character so first off she is most popularly known okay no not one of the things she's most popularly known for is being the daughter of an ogress which is like the female version of an ogre right
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah so she's she's known for being the daughter of an ogress named teriel in some versions, the Ogress is referred to as Thamza. Right. And the depending on which version you get, also let me warn you, there are so many versions of this story that I just like <laughs> picked one version. Like you know how it yeah, is with yeah. mythological. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So <laughs> so but the, the thing about the thing that makes her unique is that when when you mention an ogre or an ogress you imagine an ugly repulsive creature straight away right mm-hmm. but then being the daughter of an ogress she was like in stark contrast, contrast to what her mother looked like she was a very beautiful young lady
0: so essentially essentially um, mm-hmm. her mother was Fiona after um, Shrek saved her, and she was Fiona before Shrek yep. saved her. Exactly.
1: Let's go with that. Nice, <laughs> nice. Let's go with that. Yeah. And I mentioned, I mentioned that the two versions I, I've been pulling from, the either refer to the mom as Teriel or thumbsa. Yeah. And actually, yeah, I'm I'm going to be talking mostly about the one that refers to the mom as Teriel. But I snuck in the thumbs up one because I think you would find something interesting about the the circumstance surrounding that. So, yeah, let me not waste any time. So, let me give you a little bit about who her mother is, right? And how she became the daughter of, of, of the ogress. Mm-hmm. So, the versions that refer to her mom as Teriel, they describe Teriel. And this is mostly from, let me even acknowledge this before we go on. This It was very hard to come across the story. Most of what I got was from like a Reddit thread, which I'm very grateful for. Let's just go on. So, Yeah. God bless the people over there. So Teriel is described as a very powerful sorceress and a cannibalistic goddess, as well as a dangerous ogress. So. The way and it's 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 really weird. The way they describe ogresses in that particular account, it sounds like the ultimate feminist <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> like uh, for real, for real. Because according to that, according to that account of mythology, right? Yeah. They said when when mankind was formed, the men and women lived apart, and so women realized they could use their seductive powers to become dominant over men, right? <laughs> and so, for some time, women were the dominant gender <laughs> because they had the power of seduction. <laughs> right? Oh, fine, right? fine, But then, when men started, yeah, when men started to build permanent housing structures, and... I think you would understand this if you've listened to the Amazigh episode because we mentioned that most of them are nomadic. Yeah. Right? But then from that, it sounds like when these well, well, guys switching actually, to actually more
0: permanent. Not most of them are nomadic. It was the Tuareg that Oh, yeah, are, Some of them. Yeah, yeah. some <laughs> of them.
1: Some of them are nomadic, yes. But it looks like when they started... When the ones who adopted the more permanent household like a uh, like stone structures and more permanent yeah you know housing structures yes that's when males became like that's when the dominancy switched and mm, males became right. the dominance. general yeah yeah right yeah but even with that they said males were dominant in like law making and governance but then when they come home the female is still dominant because seduction happens at home. Constantly, that kind of vibe, right? <laughs> yeah. But then the, <laughs> but then the the ogress or Terielle, especially she's mentioned especially as one of the people who did not ascribe to that at all. That's why I I see like she sounds like ultimate feminist in in that sense. So so basically because she had no desire, yeah, to be lorded over, and she basically. Um, cast herself out of society, went to live a nomadic life and because she didn't need to seduce or do anything to any man she just be- de- described her as repulsive, like she became she, was, she just didn't try to be attractive to any man in that sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right and then slowly became a super repulsive vile creature that she is but then beyond that she was also described as a sorceress. so According to the account, she practices she practices witchcraft. Right. Mm-hmm. And she was able to get the I'm, I think I'm going on too long about let me just sum this up. She was able to get some magical abilities from a, a realm called Atala. Mm-hmm. When she ate of a, a particular tree of life and destiny, but then it gave her immense powers and also gave her a daughter. Okay. Which is, um, okay. Which is Lunja. <clears throat> so like, she she got a daughter, ooh, daughter because is like
0: completely sorry so she got the daughter because she accessed the power from this realm
1: yeah so the daughter has no father but then yeah daughter has no father according to this account yeah which is mostly what we are going to be using Serial mm. hey Lunja like I said was very beautiful right but then she stole the daughter of an ogress which means she was raised to eat human flesh yeah like an ogress would yeah so but then but the thing is that a lot of people heard about her fame, beauty like they heard about this maiden in the land of the ogress who had like silky golden hair skin as white as snow crimson or scarlet red lips like things that were basically appealing to all the men of the day and so even though it was it was like... Everybody knew to avoid the land of the ogres. Most... Most... Um, royal... Royal people... Like royalty sent guards and armies in there to try to... Get Lunja for them. Yeah. Which became... Like it became such a... It became such a, an appealing quest to people that... It said that her beauty brought kingdoms to extinction. And her mother was... More than proud of her because... Her daughter single-handedly eliminated the need to go hunting mm-hmm. because the food comes to them instead of them going to look for the food. Yeah, and <laughs> and Theriot being terriel, like the ultimate feminist, prefers to eat men than women. Than women. So it was just like nice to hear that armies kept coming, and then she just kept getting all the food mm-hmm. she needed. But then there was there was one there was one particular prince who like I mean if you if you imagine royalty you don't imagine like a skinny looking very like very scrawny guy right yeah but then this prince that's like that's that's basically what his appearance was and he was one of the f- one of the few people that actually made it into the cave the thing is he went in the middle of the day where Tyrael was out like hunting as well not hunting, hunting, per but like surveying the land, waiting for, you know, whichever desperate army is coming, so that she makes a, a mule out of them. Mm. And so, when the Skwani prince got got to the land of the ogresses, and then entered the cave, he got there and saw Lunja taking a dip in like a pool that's in the cave, like a pool of water in the cave. And as, of course, he was like, struck by the beauty and everything it didn't help that she was like wet and naked so <laughs> he asked yeah he asked, <laughs> so he asked to take her home he asked to take her home but then he said that the journey back was like a really long one so he would like to rest a bit before he goes and Lunja as well was like oh yeah 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 sure why not you can come around, and I would make a meal for you. So Lunja puts him. Lunja tells him that he can take a nap while she makes a meal, and then when he wakes up, they can head out together. But then it was obviously a trick because it turns out she was boiling the water that they he were the that going to cook him in. Right, right. So the boiling the water that they were going to cook him in so, while he was napping, he suddenly heard, like, you know, very loud, thunderous footsteps, which was Teriel coming back into the cave. And when he woke up, he realized that he had, like, obviously fallen for, like, a, a very stupid trick. So, yeah. he he was really mad, tried to hide himself in the cave. But then, Teriel has, like, a very powerful sense of smell. She can She sniffed him out, basically in one of the cracks of the cave but then when she saw him she was she was disappointed she was like are you a prince like the way you look is 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 really you know sad like she yeah. can't she, she didn't even think he was worth eating at the moment so she decided that you know what let's let's keep him for like a month or two and feed him fatten him up nicely I mean cause it's not like they lack food at that moment right yeah a lot of different people keep trying. So, she's like, let's keep him fattening him up before we eat. And so, she put Lunja in charge of that, right? And, I mean, obviously, the (coughs) prince had been betrayed by Lunja, so he he wasn't willing to cooperate the first time. But then he realized, Lunja was his only way out. So, he started to build a friendship with her, started to build a relationship with her, and actually managed to get her to grow fond of him. Some accounts say she actually fell in love with him. Which, I mean... weird. (laughs) But but then... That happened. And then Lunja... So that's when Lunja started... Lunja decided, okay, I'm going to help you out. yeah, And then started to give him tricks that he could use. So she was feeding him all right. But then she gave him an olive branch. (laughs) She gave him an olive branch. And said that whenever... Teriel comes to inspect because another thing is that Teriel was like she she didn't have very good eyesight mm-hmm. she was she had like powerful magic very powerful sense of smell uh-huh. but she had terrible eyesight so she she feels his, his wrist to know if he's getting bigger so she gave him an olive branch and said present this whenever she wants to inspect your, your wrist right and then that would give her the impression that... He still... You're actually not yeah, growing any fatter. Yeah. And maybe she would... Yeah. Maybe she would lose interest. So... <coughs> sorry about that. So... When Terio kept inspecting and realizing that... This guy is just not gaining any weight. She's like... So disappointed. She's like, okay, you know what? Let's just eat him anyway. So you... Tomorrow... We'll just boil him and eat. And so... Like it was a very last minute decision. Like that's this is another thing that speaks about the wits of of Lunja in this particular story. So it was like, okay, an ultimatum, you have one night, and then I'm going to eat you. Hmm. And so Lunja had to come up with a plan to help her new friend, or in some accounts, her new boyfriend, escape. And so she drew up this she drew up this whole plan of making the The animals in the cave begin to bleed them, begin to make noise. Right? So she (laughs) she she made and because it's a cave, the noise got amplified. So she made like lots of animals start making noise. Oh, hold on. One thing I forgot to mention was that according to the terial account of how she got the daughter like when she went to that kingdom the other dimension of, of Atala and got the the powers and the daughter mm-hmm. them they also mentioned that lunja had like a a connection with nature she could communicate with nature which would explain why she she did a lot of the things she just she's just about to okay do. so she got the animals in the cave no matter what they were all the all the mama all the insects everything to just start making noise in unison right the cave amplifies the noise and so she's able to break um the prince out of the key um, out of the cage he was in and then asked him to escape but then the prince was like he's not going to live without her. so the two of them decide to live together and that's in that scenario yeah and so when they were when, when they were going out, they met a few obstacles on the way that were placed as like a a guard in a sense. So the first thing they met was a thorny hedge. Which like the with every passing second it grew bigger and thornier and less crossable in that sense. But then she 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 charmed the hedge with a spell that basically she basically smoothed the hedge. She was like Oh, thorny hedge of smooth butter and milk. Let us pass, and the hedge, like the hedge, just like grew smaller and allowed them to go by. Mm. They got to a river, and it was the same thing. Was like a it looks like a a small river. The closer you get to it, the bigger it gets, and the more torrential and raging it looks. And then she basically used the same words like, Oh, river of smooth butter and milk let us pass. And then the river grew smaller. It grew small until it was like a very small, you can just step over it. And then they escaped. And this was all being done in the middle of the night while Teria was asleep. So when she woke up and realized that her daughter had betrayed her, she was furious, right? So she just started like running towards the direction where she could smell that they had gone. Yeah. And then she also encountered... She encountered the same obstacles. But because of her impatience, she just, like, insulted the things, like, like, stupid, smelly hedge, get out of my way, let me pass, like, that kind of thing. And so, when she does that, the hedge, instead of receding, like, started to grow exponentially larger. Which, I mean... She Lunja being as a Lunja, Terriel being as all powerful as she feels she is, didn't care. She just like ran her way through it anyway, which left her very injured. And then when she got to the the river, it was the same thing. She tried to like she just like like, get out of my way, that kind of vibe. And the river grew bigger and more torrential. So when she tried to cross it, it sort of washed her away. And the (laughs) And uh, so in her last in her in her dying moment or in the moment of her defeat she sent a curse the way of the, the 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 new couple that just as she has been betrayed, Lunja is going to be betrayed as well in the realm of men. Mm-hmm. So from this account of the story, they actually made it back to the kingdom and lived happily ever after which I think is, is not... It doesn't make sense. There's another account that states that on the way back, the guy got... He was eaten by a very large vulture. I like this
0: account better.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Good. So I'm going to continue with this Good. account. <laughs> so from this account, he was eaten by a very large vulture on the way back, leaving Lunja stranded. Mm-hmm. Right. So the... Lunja, the guy's the guy's spirit kept appearing to Lunja, guiding her to his kingdom. And then, when she got there, I mean, obviously you don't have a prince with you. So when she got there, she was treated like like garbage. She was made to work in, in like as a servant in one of the houses in the kingdom. She was working. Her, okay, I almost, I almost swore <laughs> she was. Working a lot, <laughs> she was working a lot until because because of her connection with nature, because of because of that gift that she has to be able to communicate with nature, she was able to understand what she needed to do to get the vulture to give up the prince. Wait, wait, wait! wait. The vulture ate at, him. If the vulture spits him out, he's dead. Ate him. Ate him. Yes. This account is weird. The vulture ate him. His spirit was coming to visit Lunja and everything. But for some reason, she found a way to offer the vulture something instead to spit her boyfriend back out.
0: Interesting.
1: <laughs> and that's why I gave up. That's why I gave up on, you know, trying to make <laughs> sense of mythology because it is mythology. Something silly is going to happen. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> right? But uh, basically, in this in this account, it wasn't like as rosy as she expected. She actually had to work, which is something she had never had to do. Yeah. And hide herself too, which is another problem because, because of her looks, if she's easily found out, that's the end, right? So, she basically had to hide and work until she found a way to get the prince back before their happy life started. Okay. And <coughs> yeah So that's the <laughs> That's the story of Lunja Apparently it's a really popular story In the Moroccan region Oh okay It's very hard to find sources That see like a good full account of it
0: Yeah
1: Except for that that Reddit thread I found too so It's one of those things like that
0: You rarely find it being written down It's more
1: like people telling it orally exactly very it's very oral like how they are hardly i think it's now recently that they started putting the stories into writing most yeah of, yeah most of us grew up on oral yeah rights. it's very hard to find a written account yeah yeah that kind of thing yeah <laughs> interesting yeah
0: anyway all right i guess i guess that's it for today's episode then Story of Lunja and mm-hmm. her ogre mother and uh, scrawny prince.
1: Yeah, scrawny. who knew scrawny would save your life one day? you <laughs> no, right. But, yeah. Um. Okay. So, what's the lesson? If I say it's a lesson on redemption, would you agree?
0: Um. So, Lunja being redeemed in this case.
1: Okay, yes, that's fair. She went from tricking people to being eaten. Yeah, that's fair. To be eaten. To... You yeah. Know, her, using her wits to get them out. Yeah. Okay, good. A lesson of redemption. All right. Okay.
0: Mm. So, I guess that's it for today's episode on Africa's Untold Stories. Yeah. Um. Next episode, it'd be me. And to make up for lost time, we are mm-hmm. doing back-to-back. So, um, next episode would come out the next week straight after. Um... Yes, that one, where are we going to? Right now, I'm thinking of not going to one particular portion of the continent to so more than one. So, mm. yeah, we'd we'll see. Anyway, um, mm. yes. Okay. Do remember to follow us on Instagram at Afrika's Untold Stories and on Twitter at that's Africa's underscore until this. And like and share the podcast as well. And share the stories. Mm. So we, we we like that. Yes. Encouraging numbers. And comments and reviews. Yes, good. Yeah. All mm-hmm. of those things too. It's good encouragement. Alright. So mm. thank you. Really good. Thank you for joining us. And um till the next time. Peace. Peace.